Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile AF, the podcast. This is episode 34 called Sam. So I'm so excited to tell you guys that we have an awesome sponsor this episode. It is Bite, which are these incredible mini donuts that happen to be made by my guest today, Sam, and her cousin slash best friend, Bethany. And I just want to vouch and say that these donuts are so good. We had them at my daughter's recent 10th birthday party. I've had them at several other events. They're kind of blowing up in New York. But today, Bite is going to give you guys a special discount if you want to order some of their donuts. So go to their Instagram, which is B-I-T-E-B-K-L-N. So Bite Brooklyn. Follow them there. You can find all their contact info. And if you order donuts and give them the code DONUTSAF, you're going to get 20% off your order. So I want to tell you a little bit more about them. They have incredible flavors like lemon poppy seed raspberry, cranberry rosemary, pumpkin cider, blackberry sage, chai tea. They're decorated super cute. Again, go to their Instagram to see all the different designs. And when they bring you your donuts, they do a specialized board that is created from scratch by hand by the incredible Nicole Dana, who also happens to do the graphics for Infertile AF. So you get this personalized board. My daughter said ever on it, and it was celestial and super cute. It's just a really great product, and it's a female-founded and female-run business, which obviously I love and support. So they are our sponsor today. Thank you to Bite. Thank you to Sam and Bethany and Nicole. And here we go with the episode. Okay, so let me tell you a little bit more about Sam. Sam and I have become good friends over the past year. She moved to New York last March, and I met her through Bethany and Nicole, who we'll talk about more in the episode as well. And she, at 25 years old, was diagnosed with premature ovarian failure, which basically means, and I'll let her talk about it because she can explain it much better than me, but she's going through hormone replacement therapy and has been for the past couple of years. She's kind of in a pre-menopausal state because of all the hormones at now she's 28 years old. And if she wants to have a baby, it's going to be through IVF. So we talk about all of that and where she's at right now. And she's just an amazing, strong person. And I want to thank her so much for sharing this story because I know there's a lot of other young women out there who are going through this and it really has not been talked about very much. So thank you, Sam. And without further ado, this is Sam's infertility story. Hi, Sam. Thank you for coming over. I'm so excited. It's so good to see you. So (laughs) you've got a very complicated and amazing, incredible story. So I'm going to let you do most of the talking, but just take me back from the beginning. So tell me how this kind of all started for you and how you ended up on this journey. Sure. So infertility affects my family in a few different ways. Um, Primarily my older sister, Jessie, 
found out a few years ago, shortly after she got married, that she had premature ovarian failure or insufficiency. And it was kind of on the radar. She went through a series where she basically took my other sister, Rachel's eggs. Okay. um, And went through a whole journey. And now she has two kids. It's amazing. And that's a whole whole other episode. Yeah, we'll get her on (laughs) later down the line if she's um, up for it. Yeah, yeah. So I always knew that this was in my family, but not necessarily that it was going to be something that affected me. I was like 23 at the time and just wasn't really on my radar. I was on birth control and Mm -hmm. just kind of like living my life. Right. And then around the time I was 25, I was uh, aggressively single. (laughs) Um, So I decided to go off of birth control and I didn't have any cycle. And I went to the doctor, okay. my own doctor, and she was like, you know, that's normal. Sometimes it takes a while to come back. But eventually I was like, I think that something might be different. Okay. Um, so did you have like regular periods and stuff when you, you know, when you were younger? Like, yeah. did you have any mm-hmm. issues in that regard? No. Okay. I was always, so you went on the pill. Yeah. yeah. And, and my then... sister had had like on like irregular periods when she was younger. So okay. I was just like, oh, like she's always had issues. Like it has nothing to do with it. Right. Like, so I'm this fine. is your older sister? Yeah. And you have another sister? Mm-hmm. And, I'm and the any other siblings? I have a brother. Okay. Yeah. I'm the youngest of four. I have six. <laughs> I have six nephews and, well, five nephews and one niece. Okay. Yeah. It's a very close. I'm the youngest family. as well. We're very close. My siblings are my best friends. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I, I went to my sister's doctor, and um, she ran some blood tests, and right away she called me, and she said, I think you need to go to Shady Grove. At this time, I was living in Maryland, and okay. um, Shady Grove is like the infertility you know, okay. center there. And Did you know anything about that, Shady Grove? Or? Yeah, just okay. because my sister, your sister yeah. had gone yeah. there as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. So I, so I made an appointment at Shady Grove, and it takes like a month or so. And I was like, okay, you know, this is a little bit alarming, but I'll just, I'll just freeze my eggs. Like, mm-hmm. that's no big deal. Like, right. it was kind of something that I was thinking about anyways, because I was 25 and wasn't really thinking of mm-hmm. having kids anytime soon. I was single, as I mentioned. So mm-hmm. aggressively, aggressively, <laughs> <laughs> um, that later changed, but, um, yeah, I, so I, uh, so I go to Shady Grove and my sister comes with me and I was very much expecting for the doctor just to come in and say like, okay, this is your plan for how we're going to freeze your eggs. Right. But within 30 seconds, the doctor said that my ovarian function was pretty much nothing. And that, and I was like, okay, well, like, what's the, the tap, like, what's the probability of me being able to like save something? And he was like, it's not like you, wow. you don't really have any kind of like egg reserve. Wow. Um, so were, did they do blood work or ultrasound yeah. or what were the yeah. tests? So it was all through the blood, blood okay. work. Um, Jesus, that's, it was har- that's harsh. It was like that's intense. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a lot. I just kind of shut down Aww. and, um, my sister kind of like took over for the rest of the appointment. Right. Like asking all the questions for me because right. she already knew like what to ask and things like that. So I. Was there any possibility of like getting a second opinion or were you pretty sure that that was. So um, what happened? at that point I was like, okay. And he, he said he could like run a bunch of tests, things like that. Um, my insurance was 
a little bit lacking. Mm. <laughs> I basically had fucking like, insurance. Yeah, seriously. It's I so frustrating. Actively still have like don't die insurance. It's like eight thousand dollar copay. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, <God. laughs> um, I'm self-employed, so it's like you know, right? Uh, so I. So he's like, okay, so it's going to cost a lot of money, but we're in Maryland and uh, National Institute of Health, NIH, is studying this. They have like a whole infertility study. Okay. Um, He used to work there and he basically like referred me out to NIH, which was a huge blessing because I went there and they started me on hormone replacement therapy. Okay, so they're able to do this like as part of the study. So yeah, it's not, yeah. So okay. it's all free. Right. Um, That's great. It was like kind of a trek. It was like an hour long from where I was living, like one way, and I had to go at a certain point. I was going once a week, mm. but yeah, eventually I was like, I need to take a pause. Um, but they they confirmed it, and also it was like it was a lot for me to go because NIH is wonderful mm-hmm. because they're a teaching hospital mm-hmm. and they like bring in great doctors and they teach them whatever they need to know. However, for uh, from a patient standpoint, it's like a lot to take because mm-hmm. I would be in the room with five or six other doctors. And a lot of them, you know, I meet for the first time when I right. go in. It's not like there was like one or two that was like a regular doctor, but for the most part, they were all strangers. Right. And you know, like fully like having a transvaginal ultrasound, like, yeah, with our with my like thing like screened up right. on the wall, and hey then, like talking about my ovaries, and I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> Did you feel kind of like a guinea pig a little bit? Yeah, or like, yeah. yeah. It was very like lab ratty. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's so great at the same time because it's like they were giving me my hormones and they were listening to the things that I needed right. and things like that. My estrogen levels were like way, way low. Okay. Um, did you feel that at all in your regular life? Or? I didn't know that I did okay. until I started taking the hormone replacement therapy. And I started to feel first crazy. <laughs> really? In what way? Um, I mean, they're just kind of like pumping me with hormones. Okay. With, that I'm that like emotionally crazy. Yeah. Like, just... Yeah. Also like not to mention it was like a, like I was going through like a mental, like I had to completely reshape like what I thought I wanted and right. things like that. So it was just like a lot of to be going through. At yeah. The same time. That's and, a like, lot to take on. Um, yeah. And they like at a certain You're point. You're so strong. Oh my God. God, Allie, if only you had seen. No, I was, <laughs> seriously. Um, I can't even imagine. They, yeah, they like, and at a certain point, they, like, tried um, Clomid, mm. and uh, my body, like, didn't respond at all to Clomid. Yeah, um, some people have re- a really hard time with Clomid. We've talked about that in a bunch of different episodes that someone, I think somebody called it, like, the devil's drug or something. It like it's awful. For some people, it's fine. Yeah. And I have a good friend that it worked fine for and did what it was supposed to do. But, yeah, I've heard some horror stories, yeah, too. Yeah, no, it was, I, it really, really messed with me. Um, yeah. And then also the fact that I was like, okay, great. I'm going to take this magic pill and then I'm going to, like, release a bunch of my like little leftover eggs yeah and then maybe i'll be able to save them like i got my hopes up again oh okay okay and then when i went they were like no (laughs) oh god um okay yeah did did your mom have anything like this so yeah actually okay my mom started having us when she was really young yeah her and my dad got married when she was 18 Mm -hmm. and she wow that seems so young now right it's insane yeah and she had me her youngest when she was 28 okay or no 26 it was 
she popped us out. Yeah. And then shortly after I was born, yeah. she her periods kind of dwindled away. Okay. And she never really thought anything of it because we were already there. Right. It um, wasn't really something yeah, that she yeah. had to be concerned um, with. I'm happy with where I'm at right now yeah. in terms of like my HRT and like... What is HRT again? Hormone replacement therapy. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they, I do like... So I, you're still doing it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I. It's going to be basically until like the normal age of menopause. Okay. Um, that I'm going to be taking it. Um, yeah. And it's like patches that I have to change twice a week. Okay. So it's under control. Right. Um, How long before you started feeling a little more normalized with all of that? I'm sure they had to like do test different levels and figure out what was right for you and how you responded. Right. So Um, body wise, I started to feel better probably like last year. Okay. So it took a couple of years. Okay. So Um, how old are you now? I'm 28. Okay. Yeah. So this was three years ago yeah. that all this started. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like last year, my I started to feel a little bit better. Yeah. Um, I st- still have like really crappy days. And like for all intents and purposes, the doctors don't like to call it this, but I am going through menopause. Really? So it's chemically a little bit different, but it is what it is. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't have hot flashes anymore. Like the estrogen like takes care of that. Yeah. Did you though at one point? Oh, Jeez. Really? Uh, was, Tell me about that. I mean, like, I didn't sleep for probably, like, six months. Wow. I had to get a prescription for Ambien mm-hmm. to, like, keep myself asleep. Because mm-hmm. you were waking up in, like, sweats and stuff? Yeah. And, like... Yeah. And, like, and there was also, like, a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. I, the hot flashes, you know, it's just, like, you're driving down the road and all of a sudden it's all of a sudden you're just like hit like a bus yeah yeah it's miserable and then like I would you know my mom's friend or my aunt was going through the the change of life at the same time the change (laughs) which is such so lame it is Um, can we come up with a different term for that through menopause it's okay girl um (laughs) she she was going through at the same time and I was like I feel you yes (laughs) right um yeah so like Body-wise, I probably started to feel a lot better, like, last year. Also, within the past, like, eight months, I've lost, like, 50 pounds, and that's helped me feel, like, a lot, lot better. Yeah. Um, Just, like, from a lot of different standpoints. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah. You look fantastic. I was, we were in SoulCycle the other day together and I was, we were like looking at, we were like across the room and I was like, damn, she looks strong and fit and yeah, you look great. Thank you. No, SoulCycle's been like a whole, yeah, no, it's like integral into my, like where I'm feeling mentally. Yeah. um, Oh yeah. For sure. Same. But yeah, uh, mentally it was like a journey to go, to go through. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And some days I still have, you know, some days are better than the other. Right. Than others. Yeah. Um, did you seek any therapy aside from soul legal, um, <laughs> to deal with that? Because yeah, that's so not to put words in your mouth, but I'm guessing you thought probably all through growing up that you were going to, you know, have kids and yeah. have them naturally and not have to have yeah. medical interventions. And oh, then all of a sudden that comes crashing down with this one appointment. Yeah. Right. So um, tell me a little bit more. I don't want to make you upset, but tell no. me a little bit more about <laughs> no, that. And just um, changing your path. Yeah. So as I mentioned, like I have a really close family, mm-hmm. like every Sunday we have family dinners. I was living in New York before I went to NYU. I was going, I lived here and then I just missed my family so much. Yeah. Like I had, I had to move back to be closer to them because my, my three siblings are my best friends. Yeah. I love my nieces and my nieces. So they're and all in New York. They're, they're all in Maryland. Maryland. Yeah. They're okay. all in Maryland. Gotcha. Um, I like 
I'm obsessed with them. Like, yeah. I love them so yeah. much. And, yeah, so, like, they were all having kids, right. getting, you know, married, popping out babies. Like, and I was like, oh, great. Like, I can't wait for that to be a part of, like, how I fit into this family. Mm-hmm. Like, I was excited for it. Right. Um, I, I love kids, mm-hmm. and I still do, and I definitely want kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was ready for it. And I didn't think that it was going to be a big deal. But once, once the option... I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to have kids. As I mentioned, I was single. I met a guy and we fell in love really, really fast. And and that kind of like coincided with my diagnosis. So like he helped me in a lot of ways to walk, like walk through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so at a certain point I was like, great, I'll have kids with him. Like this yeah. is, this is perfect. This yeah. lines up great. Right. And then the option was taken away from me. Right. And I think that like, I think that that, really is what kind of like was the hardest part was that I no longer like had the freedom to like plan my life out in the way that I wanted to I thought little did I know that now I actually have more freedom (laughs) okay so yeah let's let's but but so long story short no I I worked with I worked with a therapist okay it took me a little while to get there and there was a lot of different reasons why I did go Um, yeah not just because of my my POI but like that like she she had a history of working with women who were going through infertility wow um so she was good she was incredible and I love her yeah um and yeah and that really got me to the point that I felt like I was ready to kind of like take a look at my life and take a look at what I wanted and how I thought I wanted it and make some changes and like accept myself and stop shooting myself is one of my favorite like I was shooting. Shooting? Shooting. Okay. Like I, my least favorite I word. I thought you said shitting. Yes. That's <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen of the podcast, I said shooting. S H O U L T. No, and that's that's like something that I came shooting. that we so, talked about in therapy. It's like I had this idea of like everything that I should be doing. Right. And that's bullshit, mm-hmm. you know? Like there's no one way to do anything. Okay. And it took me a really, really, really long time to realize that. But like, if you can like grab a hold of like any sort of control in your life, like just run with that and don't worry about what anybody thinks of it, including Mm -hmm. yourself. Right. And that's what I was doing. Um, Yeah. So yeah. So therapy was integral. I had a great one as well. And along those same lines, I remember that one point she said to me like, one of the worst things you can do to yourself is have a plan. I'm paraphrasing. She was much more eloquent than this, but basically have a plan and get so stuck on that plan that if it doesn't go as planned, you feel shattered. Yeah. Basically. And it was like, you have to let go of like your preconceived notions of how things are supposed to work out. Exactly. Nine times out of 10, they don't work out how Mm -hmm. you thought they were, but it doesn't mean it's better or worse. Sometimes it's much better. Yeah. Exactly. So that was, yeah, that was a perspective shift for me too in therapy. I'm such a fan of therapy. Ooh, I know I need to get back into it. Yeah. I I haven't been going either. And I, I, it's so expensive. So expensive. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I just do exercise therapy therapy yeah, right now yeah soul cycle but yeah give me my therapy. but um, kudos to all the therapists because I had an infertility specialist too who deal with this stuff because mm-hmm. it's intense it's crazy yeah yeah and I would not have been I would not be in the position that I'm in right now if, it, if I hadn't done a lot of work with the right. woman who was helping me 
yeah so no i i went i went i started therapy i eventually went on antidepressants Mm -hmm. um and like took a really like hard look at myself and was like okay what do i want Mm -hmm. what am i doing am i happy with it like Mm -hmm. i felt like all of this was kind of manifesting like i was in a position and i didn't realize it where I was really, really unhappy mm. with like a lot of things in okay. my life. Like I was, I was unhappy. I, you know, I, I loved living in Maryland to be near my family, but like part of my heart was always in New York. Right. Like I, I missed living in New York so mm-hmm. much. I was in a profession that I really liked, but I wasn't super passionate about. Mm-hmm. The guy I was seeing like helped me through so, so much, but we had a lot of issues mm-hmm. and I feel like we just kind of clung to it because I was terrified of going through all this stuff by myself. Right. And eventually I was just like, this freaking sucks. Yeah. Like I'm not like, I'm, I don't want to be, I felt like I was hanging my hat on my premature ovarian failure. Mm. And like, that's how I was just kind of like defining yourself, defining myself. Yeah. And I, I felt like I was, there was a part of my life that I just like really, really was ignoring mm. because I was like focusing so much yeah. on this. Yeah. I think that's very common when yeah. that, that happens. Yeah. Yeah. So I decided to stop. Yeah. Good. <laughs> so um, what, okay. What kind of changes did you make? So I changed everything. <laughs> <laughs> what didn't you change? Um, yeah. I owned a house in Maryland. I sold the house. Um, well, before that happened, um, my partner and I, we had broken up and like sh- very shortly after, like my cat died, like mm. all this like really shitty stuff was happening at the same time. Yeah. And I was like, okay, universe, like what's, what's up? Let's, let's talk about it. Clearly right. you're trying to send me a signal that something's not going right. And so, yeah, so I decided to sell my house. I moved up back up to New York Mm -hmm. um, with my cousin and her girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Um, They were looking for a third roommate. Mm -hmm. And I... Should we give them a shout out? Bethany and Nicole, I love you so much. Bethany and Nicole! (laughs) They are the greatest humans. Yeah, and Bethany comes back back into play. Um, Yes. So, yeah, so I... Can I say too, Nicole is my graphic designer, genius, guru, great friend, dear... Exactly. Everything she does, all the artwork for yes. Infertile AF, and she is so fucking talented. All the pineapples and Bethany as well is yes. oh my god. Okay, we'll get into more them. of them. I love them, um, clearly. But yeah, so we, so yeah, so I moved up with them. I started a mini donut business. Yes, <laughs> we're gonna. I'll put that on our social, and we'll have everybody go. Yeah. It's called Bite. Yeah, they're us. so delicious. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and that just kind of happened by accident. So I got a new career. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been like totally focusing on things that I always thought that I like wanted to do, but never really like for some reason just kind of limited myself. Yeah. And I never really had the um, the chutzpah to do it. Yeah. I ne- like I if if I hadn't gone through my diagnosis with premature ovarian failure. I think that I probably would still be in a life that I was not totally happy with. Wow. So you'd probably still be in Maryland. You'd maybe be pregnant or have a kid at this phase, maybe, or close to it. Yeah. Same old job that you had before, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting that, like, this diagnosis that shattered everything kind of 
took you the silver lining, I guess, is that it took you in this direction where yeah, everything changed for the better. And it's made me like, don't mind if I say so, but like, it's made me like <laughs> so, so strong. You are. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Like, you are. I, and I'm not like a very like braggadocious person. Like I like, but I'm willing to acknowledge my strength. You got to own it. Like I, that's, like, I think as women, we do, we do ourselves a disservice by not owning that. It's okay yeah. to say that you're fucking strong. <laughs> I'm I think I am too. After going you through all this, we all, exactly. everybody going through this is so strong. Mm-hmm. That's like the coolest thing is that yeah. women in particular and men, but I'll just say women. Cause that's the majority of our listeners that to go through some of the stuff that mm-hmm. these, that we all go through and it's all different. But we are so strong. We gotta own it. Yeah, we, so, exactly. Yes, you are. There's a there's a Facebook <laughs> there's a Facebook group. Well, I'm a member of a few Facebook groups yeah. about POI. Like, oh, really? Yeah, and um, all the women are like so kind and mm-hmm. like so supportive. But also, like, it just makes me sad when I see so many of them just like feeling broken. Yeah, because I remember it. Like, yeah. I, I like I remember feeling broken and like instead of like. I decided to shift from feeling like this was the end mm-hmm. to feeling like it was the beginning and, yeah. a, and a gift. And That's so good. If Oh, if you're going to make me cry. Okay. <laughs> Self-cry. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so the next step kind of thing, I'm still single as a Pringle. Aggressively <laughs> or not so? Just, um, single as a Pringle. I would say. How have I never heard that before? <laughs> That's good. Um, I, I would love say Pringles. like like a solid like medium rare okay single like okay. maybe not aggressively anymore yeah. but s- still very single. I just moved back up to New York in March, which is nuts. Yeah. Um, and everything's been focused on the donuts. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I like to say that I'm dating the donuts. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I. But now it's like I'm 28. My lovely cousin Bethany, who is more like a sister to me. Yeah. She has volunteered to be my donor. That's so incredible. <laughs> it's just incredible. She she did that like before I even like before I even went into Shady Grove. Like I thought that the plan was going to be for me to freeze my eggs, but I was talking to her about it and I was like, but you know, maybe if not I might need a donor and if that's the case and like before I even finished the sentence she was like have my babies <laughs> oh my god yes um she's incredible yeah. and um has also helped me in so many ways yeah now I'm gonna cry <laughs> you can um yeah so I she's also 28 so I guess her clock is ticking as well okay. um our doctors say that if she's gonna if she's going to do it, then sooner rather than later okay. is also, you know, ideal. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot for me to, like, think about because it's basically, like, A, I think adoption is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, I cry whenever I think about adoption too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's such a beautiful thing. Yes, um, same. And so, like, maybe that would be something that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe... I don't need kids in order to feel some sort of way. Mm-hmm. Like maybe it's not part of my like I want it to be a part of my life, yeah. but like maybe it won't be and that's okay too. Yeah. But yeah, so like it's it's basically it's a lot for somebody to be like, "Okay, well within the next like year or so, you need to decide 
if and how and when you want to have kids. Right. And that's, that when, I, that's yeah. when I start to get overwhelmed. Right. And that's when I feel not so strong because it's like, it's a lot. To yes. think. It, especially when like my whole life has changed and yeah. like in a million ways to begin with. And, um, right. so it's like thinking about that. Right. But yeah, so Bethany's yeah. there and right. if I want to spend the money, <laughs> of course, yeah. to do it. So would she freeze her eggs or would you do try to make embryos and get like a sperm donor too no, at this point would, or just i think that she would freeze hers okay um still holding out i mean there's so many <laughs> right no i get it there's um, so many different ways to go about this i can see why it would be so overwhelming yeah yeah it's a lot it's yeah. a lot to kind of like think about right um because most women it's like most women my age are still in that little bubble where they're like great I'll have, I'll meet somebody and I'll sure. have kids when I'm ready. Yeah. And yeah. Do you have friends that are starting to have kids? Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. how does, is that hard? Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. Um, and you know, the resentment thing that everybody feels right. is definitely real. Um, I know. Like it's like almost immediate now it's like, Oh, pregnancy announcement unfollow. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm glad you said that. Cause that um, is real. It's, it is real. Yeah. The resentment towards women for like, you know, being able to do something like so natural and so amazing and powerful and right. incredible. And like, I think that pregnancy is cool. Like, it's so like, it's one of the most incredible things that a woman's body can do. Mm-hmm. And like, I want to do that. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Yeah. I hope, I hope I get a chance to. Yeah. Um, I think the hardest part too, is like when somebody seemingly doesn't have a problem and they don't realize that, there's this whole other world of people that would like do anything to be in that position. So you almost not like take it for granted, I would guess like if you get pregnant very easily, but like, for example, I was interviewing this Dr. Mark Trollis on one of my past episodes. And one of the things that he said that totally stuck with me was that he was like, I almost kind of wish, and again, I'm paraphrasing, but you know, I kind of wish that everybody would go through the notion that they might not be able to have kids. Yeah. Cause it's so profound mm-hmm. and it changes you and it makes you really realize like how much you want them and yeah. how hard it can be for some people. So exactly. I thought that was, we'll have to look up his quote exactly what he said. It was better than that. But the yeah. gist of it was like, yeah, my, so my sister, Jesse, who went through all this as well, she has two kids now Yeah, who are biologically my other sisters. Okay. So yeah. your other sister was her egg donor. Yes, exactly. Okay. So what a gift. Uh, I know the shady the doctor at Shady Grove like we told him this story yeah like, right afterwards like yeah. after he told me and whatever and he was like you guys should write a book definitely <laughs> and I'm like you should Mo- you. a movie thank you question mark <laughs> yeah right um yeah no but she so my sister has two um little boys now yeah and seeing her with them and how like obviously every mother loves their kids right like, but she loves them so fiercely mm. and they are hers mm-hmm. like they are 100,000% hers yeah. and she is such a good mom because i think of what she's gone through and like and also this was a big difference for for me when i was going through therapy like i her oldest was just born and he's incredible and just like seeing him and knowing that he wouldn't be here if it wasn't for everything that my sister went through Mm -hmm. like that gave me hope yeah like that made me think like 
I can see a kid. Like, I can see a kid. I, I know that at some point I'm going to be a mother. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to have to, like, do a bunch of shit to get to yeah. that kid. Yeah. And have you to will. go through a bunch of stuff in order yeah. to make it happen. Yeah. And, and that's okay. You're strong enough. <laughs> you know? You've got the support of all of us. And I know. it's It sucks, though. It's like sometimes I'm sure you think, I just wish I could just do it the way that everybody you know most other people do or like yeah i mean the quote unquote easy way like it's yeah honestly most of the time i just want to not think about it yeah like i just want to be a 28 year old single woman right who's like just right. moved back to new york and starting a business and is living their life and isn't going through menopause totally like that's a whole other thing like my like i don't have normal cycles but when i do like i i I bleed for like 20 days straight. Oh, Jesus. It's like insane. Oh, wow. The, the physical toll that it, yeah. that, that it takes. Um, right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I guess it's like working through all that. Right. And like, but sometimes I just want to put it on the shelf. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I think that's normal. Um, so I guess you also have to consider when you know if you start dating somebody like when does this come up in conversation i guess i'm asking yeah. for like maybe listeners who'd be curious like is that some obviously you're not going to bring it up right away but like <laughs> if you get serious with somebody yeah like, yeah then, which is a scary thought yeah i'm um, sure that's overwhelming too is like you have to have that conversation yeah and, yeah well i have a giveaway in my patches oh okay um so i wear them like kind of in my bikini line yeah and they're a f- larger size okay um so if I'm intimate with anybody, right. there's like usually a question. Gotcha. So I've said that I'm quitting smoking. Okay. <laughs> like, um, not because really bad missing you by <laughs> right. Um, I burn myself with a curling iron. Yeah. <laughs> like, <but laughs> um, so it's like I don't know, but at the same time, I'm not ashamed of it. Yeah. So it's not something that I want to like throw out there the first time totally. I'm like in bed with somebody, but like it is a big part of me and it's a big part of my story. Yeah. Um, so I talk to people about it. Yeah. Like, I'm happy to talk to anybody about it. Right. And I've only recently started being a little bit more vocal about it on yeah. social media. So good. It's that's so good. It's a part of me and it's a part yeah. of like who I am. And like, I hope that when I meet the person that I'm like, my person right i know that they'll just be like oh that's weird, yeah weird and cool like, yeah go, well go they're gonna love you and that's just part yeah. of your story yeah. it's not your whole story it's exactly. just a part of your story yeah 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 um, so i yeah but it's intimidating it's i never want to be a disappointment to anybody oh um and you're not <laughs> Yeah, so it's scary, but I just kind of get away with it. I get around it by just, like, not really dating that much yeah, right now. <laughs> sure. Yeah, but I would imagine, too, like you said, you, there is that kind of clock ticking in the background, you know, that is always that low level. Yeah. You can't ever fully get away from it, right? Yeah, like, yeah. But at the same hard. time, like, I've spun it <laughs> <Right>. where... <laughs> Like women who don't have women who just have a normal ovarian function, they their biological clock is ticking in a way that they're like, okay, if I want to have a baby naturally, I need to do it within the next few years, sure. probably. Yeah, I already know that that's not in my cards. Yeah, and that's I true. and I know that if I do, if I have a, if I physically have a baby, then it's going to be through IVF, mm-hmm. and I feel like that gives you a little bit more freedom. More wiggle room. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, I'm See, like, that's the perspective. Yeah. That's so awesome. 
That's what you have to do is, yeah, spin it in a different perspective. Oh, I can spin a lot of stuff. That's, not, that's so great, though. So do you have any advice for people who might be listening, who are, you know, people in your groups or, you know, people who might be going through this that haven't really talked about it yet, just how to get through it and maybe some other resources, too, that they might not know about? resources go to freaking therapy yeah <laughs> we love therapy find yourself a therapist yesterday um <laughs> i don't know advice i guess everything just happens for a reason mm-hmm. and even the shitty stuff and women are strong and are my i i always say that like my grandma ovaries just make me stronger your grandma ovaries <laughs> I love you. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. You're not measured by the by whether or not you can procreate. Yeah. There's other things in life. Right. Yeah. I think that's a good notion that has come up again and again too. Is like women. You know, you have that innate feeling that you're supposed to be able to like quote unquote breed. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to let that go. Don't judge yourself. Yes. <laughs> be kind to yourself. Yeah. No. Like be that was that was yourself. the biggest thing that I went through through therapy was just to like stop judging myself. Mm-hmm. One more bit of advice for any woman, any woman at all, is to go get your hormones checked as soon as possible. Like because you never know if this is an issue mm-hmm. that you might have, especially mm-hmm. if you've been on birth control for a really long time, mm-hmm. go get your hormones test. Right, because the birth control masks really what yes. your body would be doing yeah, on its own. Exactly. So you don't know if you've possibly got PCOS yeah, or anything. Some, yeah. anything. So to get like a baseline mm-hmm. hormone test? Yeah, okay. there's, there's comp- I, I personally, there's a company called Kind Body. They set up like little- They're so great. Yeah, they're incredible. And they set up like little mobile hormone testing. And they just centers. opened their first brick and mortar in New York. Yeah. Where yeah. they do hormone testing and all the gynecological things. Exactly. And it's a really great group of people. Yeah. So I all, like I have become the like, ask me about, ask me about the infertility. Good. For younger women because yeah. they need to get their hormones tested and they need to know that it's not always as easy as it can be. Right. So, yeah. It's, it all falls under, like, the advocating for yourself, too. You know, no, yeah. no doctor is going to look at it like a 25-year-old and be like, let's do a hormone test. You know, you have yeah. to ask for this stuff. So exactly. that's really important. Exactly. You'll keep me posted. Obviously, I mean, we're friends, so obviously I'll know what's going on. But I just want to say thank you so much for doing this and you're going to help a lot of people. Thank you, Allie. And you didn't cry. You did. You I, te- it I teared up a little bit. I think but. I <laughs> cried more. Honestly, this is, you know, there's so many options. The beauty of fertility now, I think, is that there are so many options. And you are going to be a mom if you want to be one. Yeah, yeah. So that's, you know, I guess the takeaway for me would just be go into the rest of your day knowing that it's going to happen. Yeah. How it's supposed to happen and when it's supposed to happen. Exactly. But thank God for science and thank God for surrogates and egg donors mm-hmm. and family. So I can't wait to hear what happens next for you. Thank you, Allie. And I can't wait to eat some of your donuts. Yay, donuts! So, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll, everybody go to, is it Bite Brooklyn? Bite. Bite. B-I-T-E-B-K-L-N. Okay. So Instagram. I'll put that on my social too. But. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Sam. Thanks, Allie. <laughs> Hey again, everybody. Uh, I don't know why I just said that like that, but thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Sam. Go to Bite, 
Brooklyn, B-I-T-E-B-K-L-N, their Instagram. You can order from them at bitebrooklyn at gmail.com. And also we talked about Kind Body, so check them out too if you want to get a baseline test. And also, fun announcement, if you have hung on there with us this long, I am going to give away some Infertile AF swag to the first person that goes to the podcast page, writes a review, and then screenshots that and sends it to me at infertileafstories at gmail.com. So go write a review, screenshot it, send it to me, and I will send you something cool in the mail. So thank you guys so much for the support. Love you all. Talk to you next time.